It's Guess the Handicaps, our weekly GAA show here on Balls.ie. I'm Shane Cahill filling in for Mick McCarthy, who participates this week alongside PJ Brown. The lads are going to be trying to guess the bookies' handicaps on a selection of Gaelic football fixtures hurling returns next week. Okay, lads, final round of league fixtures this weekend in the football. Just a reminder about how the divisions are set up this year before we get into it. Um, Each of the four divisions is split into a regional subdivision, north and south. The top two teams in each uh, subdivision will play a semi-final against each other to determine the uh, finalists. And in Division 2, 3 and 4, therefore, the... um, the teams that get promoted, the bottom two teams in each of those uh, subdivisions then will contest a relegation playoff. So there's a lot to play for this weekend, particularly in Division 1 North. And that's where we'll begin with you, Mick. Armagh versus Donegal. Um, okay, Armagh versus Donegal. Oh, God, I've been I've been waiting on a chance to guess these handicaps for a few weeks. I've been guessing them myself, obviously, before checking the answers. Uh, to then reveal them, but uh, didn't do too well last week. I might have won the first week, but definitely not last week. But um, Armagh versus Donegal. Um, before we start, though, I do like the, your explanation of the uh, the league campaign there and what it's going to go on. Like PJ, for 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 an organisation that thrives um, and basically has made its name in overly complicated uh, structures. They've actually outdone themselves this year they, with the league format. It's just like it isn't complicated if you just take your time and break it down. But ultimately, yeah. they've made a three-game competition where everybody gets a fourth game and everybody still has something to play for. And it's actually quite interesting behind it all. GA being forced into simplicity here, though. Well, we didn't really have much of a choice, I think. Yeah, like I mean, it, like it's one of those ones that's complicated and simple at the same time. Uh, what's the game again? I've stalled long enough here now, Shane. Uh, Armagh versus Donegal. We're going to cover both Armagh the games. So the interesting thing about Division 1 North is that um, all of these teams can both finish in the um, in the top two and the bottom two. So it could go either way for any one of these teams. But we're beginning with Armagh and Donegal. Yeah. So we actually skipped on Armagh last week because I was so sure that it was going to be Tyrone minus two against them. And, you know, I think they've acquitted themselves very well in Division 1 so far. But I also still think that they're probably a you know seventh or eighth you know that that there's that sort of tier of a top six or seven and then there's that next tier which the odd time somebody will be popping up into division one but they're probably in that solid second tier where they can cause an upset because of that i don't think that they will be favored against donegal but it will be close especially with our at home i'm gonna go donegal minus two okay donegal minus two pj yeah this is a kind of a tough game to Armagh, Armagh are at home here. Um, Armagh have a lot of really dangerous forwards though. Like they, they look like they, they, like the way Donegal played last week. They look really vulnerable at the back, and like there's no reason that like someone like Connor Turbot couldn't do a Connor Connor McCarthy here and score a hat trick yeah. in the first half. Um, there was a <laughs> a friend of mine was uh, texting me after the Donegal and Monaghan game, calling it a uh, a Jackie Fullerton score, it was like one twenty to four eleven. Congratulations, whoever won that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I I do agree with you, Mick, that Donegal will be favourites despite being away from home, uh, but I think it's Donegal minus three. Okay, uh, Donegal minus two from Mick, Donegal minus three from PJ. Can reveal now that PJ is correct. Spot on, bang on the money, minus three, Donegal. Oh, Ringles. I, 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 uh, I readjusted my strategy from last week. I was like, I was probably would have gone like minus two last week. But I was seem to be like one out every time. So yeah. I would just, like this is what I think, and I'll go one more. 
So Tyrone okay. were minus okay. two. Tyrone were minus two at Bally Buffet last, or at in, in the Athletic Grounds last week. Mm. And Donegal in the meantime drew with Monaghan, you know, in a like a weird performance. I don't know. Yeah, and you would think they'll be out without Michael Murphy, who went off after four or five minutes against Monaghan. So yeah, I like I do I like what you're saying about Armaz, like dangerous forms. So I feel like I've been waiting for them to come alive for three or four years. But at the mm-hmm. same time, they've somehow kind of gone from Division Three to Division One without me noticing that they've actually fulfilled some of that promise. I love teams when they do that. You know, they've got they've become a solid contender without anybody noticing. That is the funny thing. It's, it's you would kind of forget that Armagh are in Division 1 and yet uh, then you have PJ tipping them as dark horses for this uh, this final. Let's move on to the uh, the next game. It's Tyrone and Monaghan. Uh, Healy Park in Oma, 7.30 Saturday. PJ, you want to take this one first? Uh, yeah. This this division in general is just so interesting. I think there's 11 goals so far in the, in the four games. Uh, this is like a different Tyrone team we've seen in previous years if you look at like the half back line has Matty Donnelly and Peter Hart who might have been in the forwards or like in in previous years under Mickey Hart and now that they're in like a really kind of a an, an interesting half back line and you've got like they've got really great forwards as well like like Darren McCurry who would have been missing in previous years actually might have been there last year young lad Paul Donnelly come or Kind of coming in from Dungannon, he looks like a really, really good player. I think Tyrone will be strong favourite for this. Like mm. Monaghan have brought like a also have like a lot of have brought in a lot of young players. Um, yeah, I, I think it's Tyrone minus four. Okay, Nick, what do you think? Yeah, it's interesting actually. Both of these games will have uh, people at them, which I think is is oh yeah, underrated as well. Mm. You know, we'll have five hundred people at both of these games, which is so so welcome. You know, and I mean, we've all been watching the football recently, and God, even the golf at the weekend or the snooker final, and you're just thinking it feels almost back to normal. And then you watch the GEA at the weekend, and it's all completely empty, and it just it really really emphasizes something. I think that we got used to last year but is now again hard to watch because we're not seeing it anywhere else, you know? So I do think that's actually a massive thing and it will almost forgive the fact that it's uh, such an Ulster heavy division one this year because we get some of these games. Uh, and it's funny, PJ, what you're saying about the goals and things, because I've seen Sean Kavanagh and um, whoever else was on with him, Kevin McStay talking before the, uh, the Donegal Monaghan match at the weekend, talking about how there does seem to have been a re-shift in emphasis this year maybe coming on the back of last year in terms of attacking play and maybe teams just going for a little bit more have have sorted out what what that thing that they've been working on in defense for the last 20 years and are now able to do you know to evolve it and and to go attacking and mm. funny enough they had that conversation and then you know Conor McCarthy went out and got a hat trick in 20 minutes you know so like it was proved right so i just i do hope we continue to see that more so than uh, me continuing to stall over uh, handicap that I haven't a clue about. <laughs> Four is really big here for me because I just think yeah. that Monaghan have a natural respect. So, uh, he's actually yeah. thinking minus three and he's, he's bumped it down to minus four. This is just his strategy. Possibly, yeah. But I'm going to take that minus three that's there for the taking. Um, I do, look, I mean, it might be minus four. I don't think it's minus five. So minus it's three. not minus five, it's minus two. Oh, yeah. Like, like Monaghan went and drew in Donegal in Bally Buffet at the weekend and are a good side, like yeah. perennial Ulster finalists. So 
Okay, one all. Yeah, one all. Uh, we're going to move on to Division One South for the uh, the next game. Um, Mick, you're going to go first on this one. We're going to leave out Roscommon and Kerry. Uh, Roscommon, I think, are going to finish fourth no matter what happens. Kerry are guaranteed a place in the top two. There is something to play for in the other game between Galway and Dublin in Tume on Sunday at 3.45. Um, Mick, what do you think? I like that Galway have brought this game to Tume. I know with no crowds and stuff, it doesn't make a huge amount of difference, but I still think that's a that's a, a, a little sort of um, psychological win for them straight away. You know, we know that they like playing there, the players. Uh, I don't know. I like Dublin have been head scratchers. Like we laughed last week about me saying that they got the job done against Roscommon by winning by what was it, nine points? Nine. Yeah. And then, you know, so up and down at the weekend. You're thinking at half time it's over, and then Kerry. We, we should talk about it as well and give credit too. It's not. It wasn't just a one team performance. So Dublin just had these amazing moments in a probably an overall bad performance. I think it's probably fair so by their standards, of course. I don't mean you know, but they only scored nine points. They were you know like by Dublin standards, what was it, twelve scores overall? That's yep. uh, that's very very low, you know. Um, so I'm a little bit confused by them. They've got more or less a full team out. Obviously, there's always one or two guys to come in. That said, Galway, you know, I know that Joyce was delighted with their performance and that they they stood up a little bit after their really poor performance against Kerry. But at the same time, you have to imagine that, you know, there's a big difference between Kerry and Dublin and Roscommon. So Galway have to raise their game by a lot to compete with Dublin. And also, I'm thinking, what is the actual handicap rather than what's going to happen? Yeah. I have to remind myself of that. It's easy when you're in the presenter's share chain. Uh, uh, I'm going to say it's Dublin minus five. A bit of respect for Tune there, I think. Mm. Okay. Galway well, we haven't beaten Dublin since 2010. I was uh, just reading before this. It's, it's uh, like uh, 11 years. It's, uh, it's kind of a little bit dispiriting you think about it that a team like Galway haven't beaten Dublin in 11 years um yeah they, they had they really had the performance against Roscommon considering what like what had happened the week before like it was total humiliation really um, as well isn't it because the form line over the last couple of years hasn't suggested that Galway like would go and be absolutely hammered by 20 mm. points by anyone you know and then the fact that they showed on Sunday that like, you know, they haven't just completely collapsed into themselves. They went out and won the game. It just makes this a weird anomaly, maybe, you know? Mm. Um, it, like, that, that Dublin performance was, it was kind of strange at the weekend. Like, they, they had they had so many goal chances. Like, they could have had another three or four. Like, I, I think Conor Callaghan could have had another two or three himself. Like, there was mm. that one right at the start when this huge gap opened up in the Kerry defence. Like, it, it was like Kerry saw what Galway did against them and thought, Oh, I like that. Let's not defend it. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it was totally asleep. Like, Niall Scully had so much space and, uh, like, the hand pass a little bit better. And Conor Gallen had a goal, like, right there at the beginning. I think there was another couple of ones where he was unmarked at, like, the back post. No one picked him out. Yeah. Um, right at the end as well, where he yeah. probably should have went for goal and took the point to put them two up. And then, you know, it was bad decision making, but he should have probably went for goal there, would have killed the game. Yeah, I, I like another two, three for uh, Karma Costello in this game. Um, you know, maybe seven time All Ireland winner Karma Costello will finally get his break. And uh, 
<laughs> you know, Paul Mandy has gone from the squad now. Paddy Small got injured at the weekend. So, yeah. you know, m- maybe he gets in. Um, but I, yeah. Yeah, sorry, go on, Mick. No, I was just going to say, I did think watching the game, and it was no reflection on Costello at all, but I actually did. I talked to Kevin Doyle earlier about uh, Kevin Maguire becoming, or Kevin Maguire, uh, Harry Maguire becoming a better player in his absence. I did think that there was a lot of, I did really notice the absence of Dean Rock in that mm. forward line. And I think that, you know, perhaps there is a, a, an acknowledgement. So, yeah, not that people don't think that Dean Rock's a very good player, but you kind of see what he does when he's not there and not just in free taking, you know. Um, but sorry, yeah, I think that, that, that I was laughing about uh, Costello as well because I noticed that your old friend, um, um, Basquale, oh, yeah. uh, or no, it was uh, Lowndes. Um, Eric Lowndes made a made his appearance at the week, and I was thinking that's that's often one of the people you mention. How many All Irelands that guy has? You know, yeah, not, these guys. Yeah, I mean, there's so many like in the depth of the Dublin squad who had like six or seven All Irelands that, and who would walk out to any other county team. Yeah, being on the Dublin panel is just like a great achievement. I often think. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing I would say about Kerry and Dublin is that Kerry are missing, did miss their, their best um, man marker in Thomas Sullivan still. He's still not back. So you would think he would be the uh, the Conor Callaghan vaccine whenever uh, whenever he's available. Although there are there are wider issues uh, other than Kerry needing someone to man mark. Uh, Con- other wide, wider issues in the Kerry defence other than that. Go back to the, the handicap, Mick. I think you're nearly right, but I think it's Dublin minus six. I think six. Um, PJ, your strategy of presumably you would have gone for minus five would have been correct, and Mick is correct. Uh, That's another point for Mick. Dublin minus five, so it's two one to Mick after three games. Moving on to Division Two. Um, Division Two North is pretty much sewn up. Me, the Mayo, uh, play at the weekend. Uh, They're guaranteed first and second, so it's just a case of who finishes first and who second. Same with West Wheaton down. They will contest the relegation playoff with uh, two teams from Division 2 South. Clare versus Cork, Cusick Park, Ennis is the game that we're going to focus on from Division 2 South. Um, and PJ, you are up first. Clare, like Clare, Clare having the chance to go into Division 1 here is uh, it's an incredible... It just shows how, how great a job Colin Collins has done there with them. Like They've beaten, beaten Kildare and Leach so far. Um, it, they probably should be favourites for this game, I think. Um, Claire should. Claire should. Mm. Will they? Like they are at home. Um, Cork are inconsistent, uh, whereas Claire seems to have an actual consistency. Claire, Claire have beaten Cork in the league in the last three of their meetings, which uh, I was actually kind of, surpri- kind of surprised to kind of read that because you just expect, you know, mm. Cork and or because Claire that Cork should be winning those games, but they're not. Um, <laughs> like. I, I was that that I read. Uh, there was a funny thing I read about the Cork and uh, Leash game last weekend. Was uh, Leash Leash? It sounded like though the Cork won by eight points. It sounded like Leash were the better team. Uh, it, it was the report on RD. It said uh, if anything, it was the home side the more impressive in general play. Yet when they came to the red zone in front of the bus, the two sides world apart. Nothing summed that up more than the last minute of normal time when Mark Barry had a shot for Leash that was inadvertently blocked by his own man. Whereupon Cork came down the field and Shane Ford was able to split the posts, despite the fact his boot came off as he kicked the ball. <laughs> An incredible moment of comedy that I, I maybe that was on the Sunday game, but I, I certainly missed it. Yeah, and what what, a, what, a, what an amazing minute of uh, Gaelic football! The best you'll see this year. I, I'd like to see that, and those are the kind of clips that should be on the GAA Twitter account. Um, With comedy sound. I, yeah, I, again, one of these uh, these. 
these games where you think one team should be favourites, but what will the handicap be? Yeah, I think because you have to when they're they're putting these betting lines together. They, I think they often think, what's the game? What's the you know the punter going to think? What like, yeah. and the, the casual punter is going to be putting money on Cork. I would think. Uh, I'm going to say Cork minus one, even though I think Clare are in with a really good chance of winning. Okay, Mick, would you like to bring some Clare bias to this? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I would always like to be clear about. I don't know. I don't know if I need to be biased actually. Consider, like, I did. I did pick this match up last week, and the Kildare game. And I did think that, like, it's funny you mentioned that they've beaten Cork three times in a row. PJ, I think that's over four years because obviously Cork spent a year in Division Three in there as well. But like, Clare have um. There've been some big games as well. Clare stayed up beating Cork at least on one of those occasions, I believe, and they've done the job when they've had to. And I, like, I mean, I've watched those games, you know, or listened to them on the radio, kind of like with a lot of tension. And they've come through. They have like a good record against them, as you, as you point out. The job that Colin Collins has done, like, not only have they brought Clare from Division Two, Division Four to Division Two, that sort of thing has been done before, but to establish them as a Division Two team, unless all, things can happen where Claire. I think anyway. I, I I've heard people say that they secured their Division Two status, but the way this works, the way Shane has uh, laid it out, if they they can still fall into the bottom two, if Kildare win and Claire lose, all three teams will be on four points, which means that will come down to score difference. So mm-hmm. like a a five point leash win and a five point Cork win should to put Claire into the bottom two. I mean, I'm I'm open to be corrected on that, but um, I can't see why it wouldn't. Because head to head obviously wouldn't come into it with the three teams having beaten each other, so like it's not, you know, beyond the realms of possibility that they still have to fight for that place and 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 beat a Westmeader down. But the fact is that there's more chance of Clare getting promoted this year than there is getting relegated to Division One, and that is a phenomenal thing. Like PJ, you, not me and you both barely old enough to remember Clare beating Kerry in the Munster mm-hmm. final in 1992, but that was a miracle. That was, you know, that was like John Mon did an amazing job with that t- that team one or two years, and they caught a bad Kerry team on the hop. You know, like what they've actually done and established themselves as a decent force, as a solid Division Two team over the space of four or five years now is the best Clare football has ever done. Well, in in living memory, anyway, and that's just something that I think should be noted and talked about a little bit more because. It's an it's absolutely an incredible achievement. That said, Cork are absolutely going to be favourites for this game. I would have said minus one. Um, I I fancy Clare to win unless circumstances dictate that Cork are chasing it and Leash are winning the other game or whatever it might be. You know that that mm-hmm. things can happen. Um, I would have said Cork minus one. I'm actually going to go Cork minus two rather than go the other way. Yeah, um, two very strong arguments for Clare, but uh, that's that's that the bookies aren't listening to you, and you're you're both right to go with Cork. Uh, but it is in fact Cork minus three. Um, <laughs> you're nervous. Yeah. Oh, dressing room door, PJ. Dressing room door. Yeah, that, that is that, that is a mad. Like I, you'd have to take Clare plus three there. That that, yeah. that that is a gift of a handicap. Like it and is. We'll have the whole carry behind us. 
Yeah, Mick, so you've won it for this week, but we've one more fixture to um to, to look at. So we'll we'll look at it nonetheless. Uh we're gonna have a, a quick uh dive down to division three. Uh division three south um is as interesting as division three north with uh Offaly playing well and, and and tip potentially relegation candidates to Munster champions. Uh but it's division three north that we're gonna look at and it's uh Cavan versus Derry. Breffney Park, three PM Saturday. So this is just really interesting because Cavan, like Cavan were Division One team two years ago. They're current Ulster champions, and they like them getting relegated from Division Two was a weird confluence of events in general that happened last year. It was shouldn't have really happened, and it was just this you know a lot of things a really really tight division, and they kind of got caught on the last day. And now you know they're playing a Derry team who finally look like they're getting it together. Hammered for Mana, but I think like was it eighteen points. You know, or 20 points even, you know, which is just like that. You don't expect Derry to be doing that to anyone, especially not another Ulster team at the moment. And Fermanagh don't get hammered that in that way either. And then Cavan are looking over thinking, will we even get it, our, a chance to get promoted here? We'll be stuck at Division 3 for two years. And, you know, like next year, Division 3 causes a big problem um, in terms of uh, having a spot in the qualifiers and everything like that. So that's why I'm most interested in this game. Um, and it's why it's a huge game for both counties because Derry to go and you know finally top Division Three and get you know get it actually do more than flatter to deceive will be a very big moment for them as well. They've been in the doldrums for you know God I don't know it's a, it's nearly a decade at this stage. Mm. Like um, I have a feeling I think the Breffley Park issue um, uh, the fact that it's there will definitely make Cavan favourites. It's just by how much, and, and obviously the, the their pedigree over the last few years, as well as them being also champions. Just wondering about how much that Derry win last week and the, the, the nature of it and the size of it will affect things. I think it'll knock a point or two off for sure. I'm going to go Cavan minus two. Cavan okay. minus two. PJ. Uh, what a mad game to have to pick! It's uh, it's it, like <laughs> I, I think I've I flipped over, I flip flopped between both sides several times on this. Uh, like Cavan beat Longford by six, Derry beat Longford by sixteen, Cavan lost to Fermanagh by one, and uh, Derry beat Fermanagh by what nine? I think it was eighteen. Like 19, yeah, I think it's nineteen. Yeah, I yeah. don't have the score in front of me. I think it was nineteen. I, I, I did. Uh, Ryan McBenamin, the Derry manager, said after. Uh, after, after losing to Derry, that uh, Derry are a very, very fit team. Very, very fit. A very, very fit team. So, uh, as uh, as Kevin and Mark Farley said to me during the week, word on the street is Derry are fit. Kevin, <laughs> 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 uh, Kevin, like, it can beat Longford the weekend, but it was quite costly. They lost James Smith and Kieran, the Holla Brady, and they, they're also like, they were also missing a couple of players during that game. Moss Galligan was out and Jared and Jared Smith. Um, I don't know if they weren't back for the game of the weekend. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be back for this one too. Like especially Thomas Galligan, like an all star, it's a big player for Cavan. Uh, like it's it's very hard to figure this Cavan team out. But I think you're probably right in that they're going to be favourites. I I've written down here. I Cavan minus one. So I'm going to stick with Cavan minus one. Cavan minus one for PJ. Well, PJ, you make a very good argument. A very, very good argument. A very, very, very good <laughs> argument. It is, in fact, Cavan minus one. Consolation uh, point. Yeah, consolation point. And that concludes Guess the Handicaps for this week. Congratulations, Mick. You are a winner. 3-2 to Mick.
Great stuff. I've got uh, Gary uh, back next week. I can, I'm interim champion then, yeah, for the next interim week. champion. We'll be back next week with more guests at handicaps and some hurling fixtures to look forward to. Okay. Park minus three is fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it's really- what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs>